welcome to another episode of the Pre-Roll Takes Podcast. I'm Christian, and I'm with my boy A. Hendy. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about some boxing matches that are upcoming this month, some upcoming Marvel films and TV shows that are coming out, and also we're going to be giving y'all our top five cartoons from our childhood. Got a really exciting episode up ahead. Can't wait. We hope y'all enjoy. And this week, we're going to talk about some upcoming boxing matches in the month of May. Now, this month is packed with a whole bunch of good fights, a whole bunch of title fights, and me and Christian are both extremely excited for this month of boxing. Oh, for sure. Especially one of those fights being an undisputed match. Uh, Those are the best fights that you can see, everything on the line. To get started, though, we're going to be talking about my guy Canelo Alvarez on May 8th is fighting Billy Joe Saunders in a unification fight for the super middleweight division. Canelo has a record of 55 wins, one loss, and two draws, 37 of those wins coming by knockout, while Billy Joe Saunders has a record of 30-0 and with 14 of those wins being by knockout. This is just the start, like Alex just said, to an amazing month of boxing. And what are your first thoughts on this fight, Alex? Yeah, so my first thoughts would be that Billy Joe Saunders is actually taking on a worthy opponent this time. His past four fights have not really been against notable names, and I think everyone can agree that Canelo Alvarez is a variable notable name. Yeah, uh, not only has Billy Joe's last like few opponents, or four opponents like you just said, uh, they've been not top tier. On top of that, he has not been very active. And even if he has an amazing training camp, that's not going to over, in my opinion, override the the few fights that Canelo has had since Billy Joe Saunders fought last fought. I think that's going to be one of the biggest factors going into this fight. I also do think Canelo has sort of evolved as a fighter to the point that he could possibly handle uh, these slick, uh, very mobile boxers. Yeah, that's Billy Joe Saunders' style. Um, he's a nice, crafty southpaw. And we've actually seen Canelo have problems with those slick boxers, uh, southpaws, and his fight with Erez Landy Lara, for example, and obviously getting schooled by Floyd Mayweather a few years ago. But I do think that he's learned from those fights and... He's going to have things in his arsenal to counter that. And to I also don't think that Billy Joe Saunders really has shown to have the power to really keep Canelo in check. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to this fight, I think that Saunders is going up against something that he's never really been up against before. I mean, Canelo has monster power. He can go all 12 rounds if he wants to. Canelo is just an all-around complete boxer now, I think, and it's going to be very hard for Saunders to really do anything with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, The best names on Saunders' resume, in my opinion, would be David Lemieux and Chris Eubank Jr. And while those guys are great fighters, especially when they were at their best, this is a complete different breed. Uh, This is an undisputed top two pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. He's only 30 years old. I know Billy Joe Saunders is only a year older, but Canelo has 
when you look at the records, Canelo actually has like double the experience that Billy Joe Saunders has in the professional ring. I can see a few different scenarios about how this fight could go. Yeah, when you look at Canelo's resume, it's completely different when you look at Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, you got notable names all up and down Canelo's list. And on Saunders, you really only have two, maybe three. And I just think that Canelo is just going to have his time with this fight. But I'm really interested in this fight, and I can't wait for it on Saturday. But Christian, uh, how do you think that this fight's going to turn out? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I do think Canelo has evolved. I don't think he's going to have too much trouble with a, a boxer like Billy Joe. I do think the first couple of rounds, Billy Joe might edge him out on points while he's, you know, uh, not gassed out. But once he once he gets gassed out, which I really think he's going to be because of his inactivity, I think Canelo's just going to walk him down and body shots are going to be killer. I think he's just going to end up stopping him seven between the 8th and 10th round. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to definitely have to agree with you on that. I think it's going to stop by a knockout by Canelo. It's probably going to happen middle of the fight. I'm hoping 6th, 7th round. But I just think that Canelo is just going to be too much for Billy Joe Saunders. And all the experience is going to catch up to him. Like you said, Christian, Billy Joe Saunders' lack of fight activity is really going to hurt him. And... I mean, Canelo's just one of the best boxers in the world right now. I just don't see him losing to a guy like Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah, and I'm not trying to discredit Billy Joe Saunders at all. I do think he can make this fight very interesting if he comes in tip-top shape. Uh, his endurance is at its best. That could make things a little more interesting, but as far as from what I can know, or from what I know, I do think that a lot of things are leaning in Canelo's favor. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a great fight to watch. I can't wait for it this upcoming Saturday. On May 22nd, we have Jose Ramirez, who is 26-0 with 17 knockouts, fighting Josh Taylor, who is 17-0 with 13 knockouts. Now, this fight is very interesting because it is an undisputed, super light title match. and Yeah, this is, this is going to be huge. The last fighter to hold an undisputed the last fighter to hold the undisputed title at 140, that's actually Terrence Crawford, who's one of the best pound-for-pound boxers in the world, and he moved up to welterweight. But Jose Ramirez versus Josh Taylor, this is definitely going to be a clash of different styles. I would say I have seen more of Jose Ramirez than Josh Taylor, but I've heard a lot of good from Josh Taylor. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't really know too much about Josh Taylor, but I've seen Jose Ramirez fight multiple times, and he he's pretty legit, and I'm excited to see this undisputed title match. Jose Ramirez is an elite fighter. Once I brush, like, once I brush up a little more on what I know about Josh Taylor, I'll have something, I'll have a better idea of what I think. But I'm actually hearing a lot of people say that they think Josh Taylor is going to mop the floor with Jose Ramirez. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, from what I've been reading about and from what I've been watching, it looks like that this fight may be pretty even, and a bunch of people may even have it in Josh Taylor's favor. 
So Christian, why do you think these riders are having Taylor at coming out on top on this fight? Off the top of my head, I couldn't give you a clear answer. I do know that Josh Taylor is a another slick southpaw, as we mentioned earlier. I've seen a few highlights from him, and he's definitely a very crappy boxer. He tries things that catches people by surprise, and he does have solid power behind it. While Jose Ramirez is undefeated, I do think that people have pointed out some holes in his game that he could work on. And unless those holes are addressed, I think that's why there's people out there who have Josh Taylor winning the fight. While that is the case, though, and watching Jose Ramirez fight, that guy is a warrior 100%. And I couldn't, I honestly could not give a clear opinion on who I think is going to win this fight. Definitely going to be rooting for Jose Ramirez, though. Yeah, I don't have a clear cut favorite in this fight either. I think it can go either way. And honestly, it's probably going to go all 12 rounds, in my opinion. It's going to be a lot of feeling each other out in the first couple rounds. But I wouldn't be surprised if there is a knockout. While I wouldn't be surprised that there is, like, if there were a knockout, I don't think that's going to happen in a fight that's between this level of, like, two elite fighters. Like you just said, it's going to be a lot of feeling out. It's going to be a lot of just crisp combinations being thrown in the later rounds. I, we just got to wait and see, to be honest. There's there's a lot of, an, of questions that are going to be answered with this fight. And for the last major fight in May going on, we have Devin Haney, who is 25-0 with 15 knockouts, going up against Jorge Linares, who is 47-5 with 29 knockouts. I think this is a really good step-up fight for Devin Haney. A lot of people were questioning his resume. And what better way to shut those people up than to pick up a fight with a former world champion who has proven to be a very capable fighter? Yeah, we see this all the time where a young fighter fights a an older veteran, and it's usually to see if that fighter is ready to take the next step. And in this case, I think that is what is what is happening with Haney. He just came off a fight with Gamboa, and that was the right step in the direction. Just like Christian said, he people were questioning his resume, and fighting Gamboa, and then now Jorge Linares, these are just two fights that are going to put point him in the right direction. While I would prefer to see a fight between Devin Haney and the other top names in the division, I think this is good for now while Devin Haney is still young before he reaches his prime. Because I honestly don't mind waiting a little to see these guys fight in their prime instead of right now. So I think this is definitely a good fight for Haney to prove himself. This is a good fight for Haney to prove to everybody that there's no they didn't just hand him the WBC title for no reason that he can defend it. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of question marks around Haney, and quite honestly, I just don't think that he's ready to fight all those bigger names that you've been talking about. And I just think that this is the right fight for him right now. And if he can come out on top of this, I think that we might start seeing Devin Haney make a little more noise in the boxing world. As for my opinion on the outcome of this fight, I do think considering uh, Lamar's recent track record, and Haney's youth and athleticism, 
and not just that, his skill set. Haney's skill set is one of the best at 135 right now. I just honestly think Haney's going to outwork Linares like he did to like he did with Gamboa. I don't as for potentially stopping him. I'm not sold on Devin Haney's power yet, but I did see that he was fresh off of a fresh off of like coming back from an injury in that Gamboa fight. So I will give him a pass for that. I just I need to see it this fight if he really does have the power to hang. And if he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know what his future is going to be like in the 135 division. It's one of the best divisions in the world right now. Yeah, I definitely think that Haney's going to win this fight. I think he's probably going to do it in a knockout fashion. Linares, he's every time he's lost, he's gotten knocked out. And I think Devin Haney is going to be out here to prove everyone wrong and that he belongs in this division. Yeah, so that about wraps it up for these fights in May. Uh, it's going to be a really exciting month for boxing. As well as the rest of the year, we got a lot of fights that are either set in stone or in talks right now. One of them I'm really looking forward to is Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua for the undisputed heavyweight world title. And yeah, there's a lot of look to look forward to in boxing. I cannot wait. And now we're going to talk about some Marvel TV series and films that are coming out this year that we are looking forward to and can't wait to see. From what I can see, it looks like Marvel has a lot of plans in store. The first one that really stands out to me is that new Loki TV series that's coming out next month. I think that could be really interesting, considering that in the first part of Endgame, I just I thought Loki was done. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this series, especially since an Endgame when they went back in time to the original Marvel Avengers movie, and Loki was in custody, and and the Tesseract fell right into his lap and once he got it he vanished and we didn't see him from there and it's going to be kind of interesting to see where he went to what time period because he's obviously going to be time traveling yeah i mean i'm pretty interested to see what's going to happen with this like you just said that time travel is probably going to be involved in this series i think it's just going to be like if i had to give a way too early guess it would probably be loki's adventures through time I think that would be something interesting, or it could be something that he just lands somewhere specific and the story goes from there. I'm really curious as as to like what they're gonna do because Loki obviously doesn't really have a, he doesn't have a role anymore in the movies, so I'm really curious. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see how they incorporate this into the actual MCU because from what I've been reading and stuff, it is actually gonna tie into Phase Four somehow. So I'm interested to see how that's gonna happen. But I think another film that we're both looking forward to is the Black Widow film. I mean, this is just one of the most iconic characters in all of Marvel. And we finally get to learn where Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, came from. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this movie. Uh, Black Widow showing up in the MCU, I'm pretty sure her debut was Iron Man 2. And she's just been a staple in this entire MCU, but... In my opinion, I just feel like we haven't gotten to know enough about the character. Like, from what I know, she's just a, a Russian spy with a really messed up past, and she went from that to becoming an Avenger. And I really just want to know what that process was like. Yeah, it's going to be cool to see how her character came about. I mean, we see in certain moments that she that she was very vulnerable about her past, and she doesn't really like talking about it that much, unless 
it was to Bruce Banner, aka the Hulk. But I think something that both me and Christian are extremely excited about is the new Spider-Man movie that is coming out at the end of the, this year, Spider-Man No Way From Home. Yeah, uh, the third installment of Spider-Man in the MCU. I'm really looking forward to this, Spider-Man being my favorite Marvel character. I think Tom Holland is doing a great job as Spider-Man and Peter Parker. I've heard a lot of rumors about this movie and like what's going to happen. I don't know what's confirmed and what's not. I heard that there's going to be something maybe along the lines of like the Spider-Verse. I could be wrong, but if that's the case, I'm really looking forward to this movie because the Spider-Verse story within like within the comics is a classic and if we can see that live action, I that's basically most of my dreams regarding Spider-Man. I just want to see that happen. Yeah, I mean this this film looks like it's going to be absolutely insane. It has talks of maybe even Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire coming in to the film too. I mean, we could have all three Spider-Mans in the same film, and that would be absolutely unreal. It would be unreal, and it'd be really interesting to see how they would work off each other. I just don't know if that's confirmed yet. I'm hoping that it is, but regardless, even if it's a complete different story, I'm really looking forward to another Spider-Man movie. I can't help it. Yeah, I mean, this looks like it's going to be another great Spider-Man movie. Tom Holland is doing a great job playing Spider-Man. He's absolutely killing it. And I can't wait for this film to come out at the end of the year. So with all of these films and TV series that Marvel's about to drop, the rest of 2021 is looking exciting. And I'm sure they got a lot in store for 2022 and beyond. And I really cannot wait to see what they're about to do. Because Marvel has not missed. And now it's time for our top five. So this week, we're going to be giving you guys our top five cartoons of our childhood. I'm really excited for this segment. A whole lot of nostalgia. Oh yeah, I'm super excited for this segment there. It was very, very hard to come up with this list, but I think I got it narrowed down to five, but I know I'm leaving a few shows off. Yeah, there's just way too many classics, honestly, to really solidify this list. I would have to take a lot of time, a lot more time than we already did, to be honest. But to start off my number five, I have Courage the Cowardly Dog. I've never been more entertained and scarred by a cartoon. Courage was top tier when it comes to entertaining. And and some of the shit on there scarred me to death as a kid. It's definitely got some crazy, creepy looking things on it. But that show just sits really well with me. I honestly feel like I could go back and watch it and enjoy it just as I did. Yeah, that's one show that was definitely borderline almost on my list. I love that show. But at number five... This is a kind of an older show, not really made when I was a kid, but Roadrunner. I mean, this is just a hilarious show. It's kind of like Tom and Jerry, where there's no really voicing in it. But it's just so funny how the coyote is always trying to get the Roadrunner and just can never succeed at it. And it always backlashes on him. And I just love this show. And my parents showed it to me when I was little, and I, I just fell in love with it. Yeah, Roadrunner, along with the rest of the Looney Tunes, definitely a classic. Mentioned it in my top five movies, Space Jam. Definitely means a lot to me. But for my number four, I have Fairly Odd Parents. This show, I, I, I have to give a round of applause to the creators for it. They just, just the base of it. The idea of having two wish-granting fairies with a kid 
it opened the door for so much creativity for the show and there's just so many moments from a lot of the great episodes from to the movie especially the movie i love the movie yeah fairly odd parents is a classic and that'll be a little higher up on my list but at number four i have jimmy neutron now jimmy neutron is a classic in my opinion it's one of my favorite shows i still watch the jimmy neutron movie almost every single month that's how much i like it but i mean he's a boy genius in what third grade he's creating inventions of all sorts of things from shrink rays to a plant that eats only pictures of one of his classmates, Sydney. I mean, he's got all these crazy inventions, and it's just a wild show, to be honest. Yeah, it definitely was. I stand by this. Carl Weezer is the best character. As for my number three, though, I have this classic of a show. I have Teen Titans. Being a big fan of, like, superhero comics, I enjoy seeing Batman's sidekick taking a leadership role, and the show was just especially for its time, it was really key in getting me into superheroes how I am today. Because I've always, I've been into superheroes, I guess, for the majority of my life, but but this cartoon definitely helped grow my interest in regarding superheroes. I just, I think the characters are written so well, and they bounce off of each other amazingly. Like I said about Fairly Odd Parents movie, I can go back and watch this and enjoy it just as much as I did back then. Yeah, Teen Titans is an instant classic, and it it's hard to leave them off my list, but I had to. But at number three, this may be a little too high on a lot of people's list, but I have to put Ed, Ed, and Eddie there. Ed, Ed, and Eddie is one of the funniest cartoons I have ever watched in my entire life. It sometimes doesn't even make sense, but that's just what makes it so funny. And the fact that they have a wooden plank as a pet just makes the whole thing even funnier and the plank is honestly probably the most iconic thing from the show man if anybody has this outside of their top five i'm questioning them because i have it at number two for me ed ed and eddie especially ed like you said one of the funniest things i've ever witnessed i think that the the fact that their main objective through basically the whole series is to get jawbreakers which were insanely big compared to jawbreakers in real life i just mentioned him but ed is what really made the show stand out to me i i don't know what is wrong with ed to this day but yeah ed is a great character and definitely is a staple of the show i'm wondering what is wrong with him still too but at number two a lot of people are probably gonna have this at number one but it's spongebob squarepants what better show is there than Spongebob Squarepants when we were growing up. I mean, I just, there's only one, obviously, in in my eyes, but Spongebob is just an instant classic. And when I'm talking about Spongebob, I mean, up until around the Spongebob movie. Once the Spongebob movie came around, Spongebob started to go downhill. But before that, Spongebob is a top-tier show. We'll watch it still. We'll always watch it. I just love this show. It's hilarious. And I know Christian loves it too. Love it so much. I got it at number one. Yeah, SpongeBob is one of the staples of my childhood. Uh, One of the shows, as much as I love all of these shows, this is the only show I could say with certainty that I watched on a daily basis, probably too much on a daily basis. And there's not really much I can say about SpongeBob that basically everybody doesn't know, but... 
I will agree with Alex that it was really the beginning of SpongeBob that is peak SpongeBob. But that show, what I really like about that show is we definitely didn't realize this as kids, but there's a lot of humor in that show that is meant for older people to catch. While tying that into having it being a kid show, I think is genius. And I will forever appreciate that show for all the entertainment that it gave me. Yeah, I mean, there's not one bad thing you can really say about SpongeBob. But for my number one, and like Christian said, it was a staple for his childhood. But for me, this one would be the Fairly Odd Parents. I mean, this show I could watch all day, every day, literally for the rest of my life. I love this show that much. It resonates with me so much. A bunch of my friends actually used to call me Timmy Turner because I used to wear this sweatshirt almost every single day that was the same color as Timmy Turner's, that pinkish sweatshirt. And also for my senior year of high school, for our character day, I dressed up as Timmy Turner. And I just think this show, like Christian said earlier, it's so creative. It could it took so many it took so many twists and turns in the entire series that you just really couldn't follow everything along. But that you don't even really know what's going to happen next. I mean, the episodes are absolutely ridiculous. You have them traveling to fairy world. You have them traveling to other planets. I mean, it's just absolutely insane what happens in this show. And it's very well written, and it's very, very deserving of my number one spot. Yeah, I don't blame you. I definitely had to include it into my list. Um, Possibly could be higher. It's just... Like you said earlier, this list was so hard, Alex. This has definitely been the hardest list we've I've had to make so far. Yeah, I will 100% agree with that because the nostalgia is just making all these shows feel like all-time great shows to me. Yeah, I mean, we have shows out there like Dexter's Laboratory, Codename Kids Next Door. I mean, I could continue to go on and on and on, but we had to leave them off because we had to do five. Yeah, as hard as it was, I'm glad that we did make this list. If there's any shows that you guys think we missed out on or any shows that you have the same opinion as us on, uh, you guys can let us know at our Twitter page at PRT Podcast, and we're looking forward to anything you guys have to say. And that does it for another episode of the Pre-Rolled Takes Podcast. We hope y'all enjoyed, and if y'all want, y'all can follow our Twitter page at PRT Podcast, and you can also follow my personal Twitter at ahandy2215. You can find me at C underscore Sanchez underscore five. Hope you all enjoyed. Peace.